space interplanetary radio enlightening the solar system It's your two space chasers. You space cadets and saucer maidens with your heads in the stars need to listen up. You may have noticed that life has become a dystopian science fiction movie lately. We want to explore the dimension of sci-fi movies. We are going to share our favorite sci-fi movies with you to bring you up to date with some of the concepts and references we throw around here. Most of them are available on DVD and Blu-ray and can be found with a little internet searching. I am Anita Ace, Queen of the Moon, and in case you think Zed and I might be Trekkies or Jedi Knights, we will start out by telling you what movies we don't bother to watch, like Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Trek is basically the UN in space. <laughs> Roddenberry was a globalist. Star Wars is mostly a cowboy movie in space. <laughs> you could tell by the terrible music, which sounds more like the theme music to a western like Bonanza or something than a proper science fiction movie with appropriate futuristic music like we do. So we do give Star Wars credit, however, for giving us the alien musician Barsi, which is great, and the concept of the Jedi mind trick. We also don't like Hollywood movies full of car crashes, gunfights, explosions and other violence that is supposed to be so entertaining. Those are too stupid and we don't find that kind of thing amusing. Yeah, some of these movies could have been good, like The Island with Scarlett Johansson, Next with Nicolas Cage, Gattaca with Uma Thurman or Matrix 3, but then they start up with all the freeway car crashes and the explosions and the gunfights and we just tune out, it's boring. Stuff like Clockwork Orange and the Ridley Scott Alien Horror series are also too full of violence and blood and muck and therefore boring for us. I never liked Planet of the Eighth movies either or the stupid Lost in Space TV show. Twilight Zone and X-Files had their moments though. The usual sort of invasion movies like War of the Worlds, Independence Day, Attack the Block or Skyline, where aliens show up and just start shooting are really horror movies and are mostly pretty stupid. Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Invaders from Mars are also horror movies and we don't really go in for that stuff. 
Speaking of horror movies, you should avoid the movie Life. Oh, avoid that. <laughs> With Jake Gyllenhaal. Avoid it like the plague, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> as well as other mega bummers like 400 Days, Sucker Punch, Automata, Black Heaven, Afterlife and the Cube movies, which are just a bloody mess with no way out. Solaris is also a grim bummer, although it has some beautiful visuals. Well, the only invasion movies I like are Battle Los Angeles with Aaron Eckhart, which is okay, and the TV series V, which is much more interesting because the invasion is more psychological. The aliens come in like CIA politicians or Scientologists or something. <laughs> totally slick and deceptive and corporate with a killer public relations campaign and media manipulation that paints their skeptics as racists and xenophobes and backwards fundamentalists and terrorists. Sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> well, the aliens are reptilians disguised as humans, faking human emotions, utterly ulterior and manipulative with the extreme self-confidence that psychopaths have. They are totally satanic but do only good deeds in public while torturing their opponents in secret, saving people with their superior technology and offering universal health care that cures the uncurable but turns out to contain a lot of mind control and injections of tracking nanotech. Well, they do gain a lot of loyal followers through their medical centers and by inserting themselves into Davos and Bilderberg-type global summits, and they gain influence through corruption. The corruption scenario of a world-famous TV anchorman prostitute is a classic. The aliens are totally media savvy. The bottoms of their huge motherships that hover over all major capitals are gigantic television screens beaming down utterly fake propaganda. Smiling human faces spouting drivel about peace and friendship, which people in the street actually applaud. Most humans are totally duped by all this. They're just fools. But the few wise people who see through all this form the resistance. They are pitifully few against the infiltration into everything. And one interesting complexity of the plot is that the aliens not only influence humans by corrupting them, the humans influence the aliens by causing some of them to begin to experience empathy and affection. The reptilians consider love to be the fatal weakness of humans and will not tolerate it in their own kind. They are utterly heartless and soulless while pretending to be friendly, altruistic, and compassionate. They actually start to administer Blade Runner type empathy tests to their own kind who are in contact with humans and kill the ones who are developing empathy rather than killing the ones who have no empathy, like in Blade Runner. This is really amazing irony. It turns out that the reptilian aliens from V have been on Earth a long time, infiltrating every aspect of society. And filling the skies with their ships is only the final stage of the takeover of Earth that's been going on for a long time. 
kind of like the way the Chicoms have taken over the U.S. If you get the allegory, you realize that V is really about Satanism, Fascism, and Communism, which apparently exist all around the universe. This is pretty serious stuff, especially with the portrayal of the stupidity of most blue-pilled humans, which puts even the wise humans and humanity itself in life-threatening danger. But it isn't pointless horror, it's trying to red-pill you. Incredibly deep stuff for television it is, <laughs> but every once in a while something good gets through the filters for a while and it was actually quite popular. Invasion movies like this tend to be pretty grim stuff and only red-pilled people are interested. But what about invasion comedy? You don't see many invasion comedies. Mars Attacks is the only one that comes to mind. <laughs> Tim Burton's Mars Attacks <laughs> is definitely one of kind. I love that movie. Well, in that film, the joke is on the New Agers and their belief that the Space Brothers are going to come in peace yeah. and save us all. He actually got Shirley MacLaine, the ultimate New Ager, to play a hippy-dippy dupe in it. Jack Nicholson and Martin Short are also really good in that movie. Some people actually want aliens to invade Earth and take over. Yeah, like the pseudo-humanoids at NASA who mm -hmm. sent the day the Earth stood still out into space, trying to call down an invasion on all of us. Carl Sagan, the ultimate hippy-dippy New Ager, thought that any alien race who was technologically advanced enough to travel through space would would also be morally evolved beyond any hostility. So we have absolutely nothing to fear from alien invasion. Man, was he a stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Talk about no street sense. Some people are really fucking stupid. This is the best and the brightest of our scientific establishment, huh? Well, no wonder people don't believe scientists anymore. <laughs> he put the location of Earth on a space probe with a graphic of naked, defenseless people with stupid looks on their faces, basically inviting an invasion, saying, hey, come and invade us, we'll be easy to take over. <laughs> well, despising yourself and your race always seems to go along with being a pseudo-humanoid libtard like Sagan. We do like the movie Contact, though, despite being based on a book by the idiotic Sagan. We don't like movies by other evil writers like Arthur C. Clarke, H.G. Wells, L. Ron Hubbard or Aldous Huxley. So that leaves out 2001 A Space Odyssey, Childhood's End, The Time Machine, Battlefield Earth, Brave New World and so on. 1984 is about the only mega bummer movie that is worth seeing for the obvious reasons. It is trying to red pill you. Yeah, we don't go for Schwarzenegger movies either like The Terminator series. I've never liked Avatar because it's just political propaganda. Transcendence is sort of interesting, but it's selling transhumanism and could have been written by Schmoogle. <laughs> but there are certain Hollywood blockbusters that are must-see sci-fi movies because of the cultural references they contain, like The Matrix 
and Blade Runner. Right. When somebody says they got red-pilled, you don't really know what they mean unless you've seen The Matrix. Taking the red pill is a choice some of us make, a choice to live in the unpleasant reality rather than believing the lie in the pleasant illusion and to join the fight against the enslaving AI. In other words, Silicon Valley and the intelligence agencies. Blade Runner is based on a theme that Philip K. Dick explored in his novels. And what made Philip K. Dick a great writer is that he took up heavy philosophical themes in his books, like what does it mean to be human and what is reality anyway? And the point of both the novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And Blade Runner, which is only marginally based on that book, is that the ability to empathize is what defines a human being. Robots are cold and calculating and lack empathy. Much like, say, billionaires who go around the world culling the population with vaccines. So robots can't be considered to be human. That's why the Blade Runners give suspects these complicated empathy tests. Replicants are hard to ferret out. They masquerade as humans very well. Think about that. Do we see much real empathy in the world around us these days on planet Earth? Hardly. That means that there must be a lot of clever fakes running around pretending to be human beings. Some of them used to have souls, but sold out. Now, Ridley Scott changed the meaning of the book with his movie by making the replicants sympathetic outlaws and the humans a bunch of racists. Sounds familiar, huh? The Harrison Ford character runs off with a robot chick even though he knows what she is. Basically a sex robot. Get yours today. In Blade Runner and the sequel, which is very good, the robots can grow a soul, which is what what Roy Batty, played by Rutger Howard, does at the end of the first movie. They even start having babies. This is part of the campaign to grant robots full rights and make anybody who thinks humans have something that robots don't have a racist. Well, I'm not a big Ridley Scott fan. I didn't like Prometheus. Blade Runner is very influential visually and had some great performances in it, but it's not a good adaptation of Philip K. Dick. And PKD had his head on a lot straighter than Ridley Scott. The sequel, Blade Runner 2049, is not Ridley Scott and has a different look. We saw it in an art house and the excellent electronic music score makes it worth hearing loud through a good system. It is post-cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic. More about that movie later. Now, there have been a lot of PKD adaptations, but no really good ones, in my opinion. Paycheck and Minority Report are so-so. Total Recall is not very good, although the remake is better, but it does explore the Philip K. Dick theme of false memories and how that applies to identity.
Now the replicants in Blade Runner had false memory implants so that they actually thought they were really human. <laughs> so what would happen if you found out that your memories of years ago were all false? What would that do to your sense of identity? Who are you anyway? Who am I? Am I even real? Is this an AI talking to you over this radio station? Well, I'd love to see a faithful adaptation of some of Dick's best novels like Ubik or The Divine Invasion. Another must-see sci-fi flick, although it's a B-movie and pretty bad in a lot of ways, is They Live. It definitely shows a Philip K. Dick influence, what the blue-pilled people would call conspiracy theory and paranoia. Yes, it is a take on reality that things are definitely not what they seem to be. And blue-pilled people find that too disturbing. They want to believe that superficial appearance is true and everything is in good hands. And these nice people, they just want to help you. <laughs> like Gil Bates, he's a nice guy. Look at him, he's got a pink sweater on. Well, in Blade Runner, the soulless non-humans are a few runaway outlaws, but in they live, they're the politicians, the newscasters, the corporate CEOs, mm. the ruling class, which is much closer to reality. Like the aliens in V, they rule by deception and mind control. They pretend to be human, but they're far from it. When the humans destroy their mind control transmitters, people awake from their hypnosis and see their rulers as they really are, hideously deceptive in humans. The humans have a mass awakening and overthrow them. This is the blueprint for liberation of humans from the slavery of inhumans. There are some classic lines in They Live which have become part of the culture. If you haven't seen it, you don't know what they really mean. Yeah, like, put on these glasses or start chewing concrete. <laughs> I love that line. You need special glasses to see the subliminal side of reality. You need to have the kind of vision it takes to see it. But blue-pilled people don't want to know about it. They have to be forced to see the truth. They're like the guy in the Matrix who knows the juicy steak he's chewing on isn't real, but he doesn't care because it tastes so good to him, he's willing to sell his soul for it. Some people are really fucking stupid. Disease. They got a head like a hole, that's all they roll. 
Pseudo-humanoids got no soul. 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 Pseudo-humanoids got no soul.
negative zone. Mutated zombies appearing from the void, teleporting in from the asteroids. Like rats in the sewer, they breed and multiply, then come up from the toilets with greed in their eyes. The smell of burning sulfur is heavy in the air. The laughing of the jackass is heard everywhere. The braying of the donkey, the grinning of the apes, the revving of their mojo for the mask and grape. The bugs are in your hair, they're in your underwear They invade your nightmares with the psych warfare From planet hell Mediocre mutants with death to sell Twisted freaks warped by lizard genes Scheming reptilian murder machines Skies filled with clouds of lethal drones Chemicals in the water dissolving your bones Demon doctors with forced injections Soldiers at your door for surprise inspections Aliens contaminate the food supply So they're unlabeled garbage you're forced to yeah, we got a little thing called GMO Ten years die of cancer, nobody knows Lame soggy pickles and harpies and tanks Wanna rip off the roughnecks who aren't shooting blanks Race car drivers provoking mayhem It's all about nothing but the race for them Cop cars crawling all over the place Goon squad thugs up in your face Agent at the airport, IQ-42 Yeah, they got you down and screw you good. Now 
cops gang raped you in the alley all day And here come the zombie troops gonna drag you away <laughs> was Studio Humanoids Got No Soul Bogus Mix by Two Space Chasers and Mofos Up The Wazoo by The Bolshevik Scheisters. Get them both on Bandcamp. Well, I've got a few other movies I would like to add to the must-see category. Mm -hmm. Movies like Forbidden Planet, Zardoz, Brazil, and the Tron movies for the cultural references they contain and the points they make. When somebody talks about monsters from the id they're referring to forbidden planet the first really great sci-fi movie ever made from 1956 with the groundbreaking electronic music score and the script based on shakespeare monsters from the id is also a great song by mose allison check it out Zardoz has some devastating points about New Age and transhumanism and suicidal self-despising effete libtards and features a character named Zed, played by Sean Connery. It seems like I may have been named after this character. I can certainly identify with him. Well, Brazil is a great dystopian cyberpunk flick, wickedly satirical, and all Terry Gilliam sci-fi movies like 12 Monkeys and Zero Theorem are well worth watching. The Tron movies make important points about the relationship of higher realities to lower virtual realities that they depict. Like a user from this world going down into a video game virtual reality is a lot like a god coming down into this world, a world that that god created. The idea that virtual realities exist, that were created by humans, where beings with consciousness debate whether any higher being actually created their reality is interesting to say the least. Since most of our listeners on the internet are women, we also want to mention a few sci-fi chick flicks beside Tank Girl, which is dated by its cool lesbians versus chauvinists plot. Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt is a beautiful movie about love on an incredible interstellar starship and Upside Down is a stunningly visual movie about two planets that are so close together you can see to the other and sometimes cross over. It is a love story about a man and a woman from two different worlds who meet and fall in love. It is also an allegory about people from different social classes. 
Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow is also a very visual, beautiful and stylish film with good female characters. We also recommend Arrival, where the aliens don't show up shooting but rather trying to communicate. And the challenge is for the woman scientist to solve the language barrier before it's too late. Well, my favorite subgenre is sci-fi comedies, which are all too rare. This podcast would probably fit that category, along with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the Restaurant at the End of the Universe, which are such a hoot. Now, our musically hip listeners probably know that the great Radiohead song, Paranoid Android, takes its title from The Hitchhiker's Guide. Now, Idiocracy is also also a classic of satire that contains many killer cultural references. You gotta see that movie. And The Coneheads is also great. The movie's great, and if you can get any of the original Saturday Night Live skits of The Coneheads, which is where it started, those are a real treasure. Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions was turned into a very funny movie with Bruce Willis, who was also very good in The Fifth Element. Space Truckers was one of the last movies Dennis Hopper made, and Pluto Nash with Eddie Murphy gives you an idea what it is like here on the moon. All these are quite funny. And we also like Sharknado <laughs> movies because they are so utterly ridiculous Ouch. and impossible, oh, yeah. but acted with hilariously straight faces. They get better as they go along, so we recommend starting with Sharknado 5 <laughs> and working your way back to the beginning of the series. And don't forget to load the bomb. Hmm. We also love the TV series Lex, L-E-X-X, and have watched all all four seasons. It is a wacky and wonderful space opera, similar to Star Trek in that it is about people running around the universe in a starship getting into weird situations on different planets. But unlike most space operas, the characters are idiotic and ridiculous and way too horny for their own good. It now has quite a cult following. And talking about space operas, the best one we've seen is Valerian, City of a Thousand Suns, which is incredibly beautiful in the way it presents many alien races and scenes on amazingly wonderful planets. It is very entertaining. Other decent space operas are Serenity and the Battlestar Galactica TV series. Oblivion is also very good and interesting. Stellar is truly cosmic. You've got to see that. It is a serious and mind-expanding flick. We recommend to our German listeners the Raumpatrouille Orion movie remake of the classic TV series. It is really a hoot. It is so funny when filmmakers purposely set out to make a B-sci-fi movie with tongue-in-cheek, cheesy special effects and all. Also very relevant to our German audience is Reality XL with Heiner Lauterbach. A mind-bending what is reality flick having to do with the CERN particle accelerator. Yeah, I watched both of these movies in German, which I don't understand very well, but I enjoyed them both strictly from the visual storytelling. Another movie I enjoyed from a purely visual standpoint is the Russian flick, Dark Planet, <laughs> a very stylish cyberpunk space opera that is so long it was split into two movies. Yeah. Our version has 
there's only German and Russian language available, and I've watched it in both. <laughs> Just digging the visuals. Reality XL is very cool also. So now we are getting into the what is reality sci-fi movies, the kind that really blow your mind. Yeah, and the one we want to heartily recommend is the very recent film, The Wave, which is incredible, although you might have to see it a few times to fully grasp what is going on. Of course, if you can't handle seeing people consume massive amounts of psychedelic drugs, you might not be able to hang in with this rather hair-raising story, but we found it to be very worthwhile and positive. Another similar druggy flick is called John Dies at the End, very post-cyberpunk and stylish. Others in the stylish punky bag that we like are The Scribbler and Franklin. F-R-A-N-K-L-Y-N, cool movie. I love all these flicks, although the ending of John Dies at the End <laughs> is pretty sardonic, if you get it. It has nothing to do with John dying. <laughs> Another cool What is Reality movie is Synchronicity, which has time travelers crossing paths with earlier versions of themselves in a very complex plot. The kind you only find in science fiction. This also applies to Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal, which deals with alternate realities and the excellent film Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto, who is also in Blade Runner 2049. Mr. Nobody deals with a scientific theory that with every decision made, a new branch in the timelines open up, with one line showing what happens if the decision is made one way and another showing the results of making the opposite decision. These kinds of movies have very complex plots and may require multiple viewings to fully understand them. Mr. Nobody is a man who can see the future and knows that whatever decision he makes, he will have unfortunate consequences and therefore he can't decide. So all possibilities exist side by side. Got that? <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> well, add to that the idea of the big crunch, where the momentum of the big bang runs out and the universe starts to contract. Time begins to flow backwards. <laughs> This happens in Mr. Nobody. You gotta see that flip. <laughs> Weird stuff for sure, but in Mr. Nobody this all comes together in a moving film about human relationships and love. And that is the very best kind of science fiction as far as I'm concerned, where incredible ideas are introduced which bottle your mind and force you to think outside of the three-dimensional box. Another such movie is Cronenberg's Existence with a Z, where video gamers cross over into other dimensions and spend the rest of eternity trying to find their way back to the dimension where they began. Every time they think they're finally home, some little detail reveals <laughs> that they're still lost. That movie made me swear off interdimensional travel. Who needs that? <laughs> which leads us into total fantasy movies that lurk around the edges of science fiction. One great movie is Aronofsky's The Fountain, with very moving performances by Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. 
you could call it a chick flick because it's very emotional, dealing with immortal love along with the birth and death of the universe. A very cosmic film wow. that I love very much, despite it being very new age with yokies in lotus positions and stuff. <laughs> well, it deals with multiple timelines, including strange scenes inside ancient Mayan pyramids and asteroids floating in space, and so it fits into the science fiction bag. A really beautiful movie, a love story, highly recommended. A more whimsical story that has to do with interdimensional travel is Mirror Mask, a wonderfully beautiful and artistic film with amazing costumes and masks and references to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, in Mirror Mask, the masks are good, not like the masks we have to wear. <laughs> But it's also worth mentioning Immortal, a French film about Egyptian gods and flying pyramids doing their thing. Very weird and beautiful. And a strange fantasy with spiritual themes is Constantine with Keanu Reeves and Tilda Swinton. Instead of aliens, you get angels and devils and Satan himself. Just like reality. <laughs> no shortage of devils in this universe. <laughs> But some would say that there are no angels to be found. Well, this is not true. The very presence of devils implies that there are angels because this is a universe of balance and evil is balanced by good or else reality would be consumed and cease to exist. We are on the angelic side if you hadn't noticed. Amen to that. You dupes who think Satanism is cool got it wrong. Spiritual forces of good exist and are very powerful and usually win in the end because they are creative and positive and evil forces are only negative and destructive and end up destroying themselves. All they can do is take as many with them as they can. Time to bring on the angels.
That was the wonderful song Angels of Vision Sky Mix by Zed Mizar. Get it on Bandcamp. I always imagined me playing that song in the Roadhouse Bar on mm -hmm. Twin Peaks. It sounds a little like something that would be played in that bar. Twin Peaks is another story where there are all kinds of demons but no angels. And that's the problem with it. Mm. Although it hints at higher powers at work, you have all kinds of people contacting demons and unleashing them, but nobody contacting angels and bringing them into the situation. You can't have one without the other. But Twin Peaks fits in with science fiction because there is a lot of interdimensional travel <laughs> in the revival of the series and different versions of the same people living in different realities. I've watched both series many times and love Twin Peaks. with Denzel Washington. He was also in Virtuosity, which is worth seeing, although there are too many explosions. We also like classic cyberpunk movies like Johnny Mnemonic mm -hmm. and Avalon and the aforementioned Existence. Cyberpunk is always about 10 minutes into the future, so it is a genre that is really about the present and where it is going. It tends to be more realistic and relevant than most sci-fi. Like movies about smartphones, social networks, and AI. Yeah, some films that are must-see because of their insights into present-day reality and technology are Ex Machina and the great Spike Jones movie. 
movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Both are about AI. Ex Machina will help you to understand why you need to use a privacy browser and a VPN and not to fuck robots or get outsmarted by them. Where Her depicts hopelessly wishy-washy and sentimental yuppies falling in love with AI programs on their phones. Even having sex with them. Figure that one out. Well, it would be a hoot if it wasn't so realistic and sad. There's also that movie Ingrid Goes West about the ultimate phone zombie. It really shows how far it goes. Ingrid Goes West is a trip mm. well worth your time if you can get away from your phone long enough. But Blade Runner 2049 really shows how human relationships get replaced by substitute relationships with machines and AI. Yeah, in Blade Runner 2, even the replicants have AI domestic partners who live on hard drives and manifest as holograms, unless you have the expensive upgrade that makes them physical. <laughs> It shows a very dark future indeed, where very little is left alive and natural on Earth. Even the Blade Runners are replicants who have to be constantly empathy tested to make sure they aren't developing a soul. But like the first movie, the replicants are even more human than the humans. Jared Leto is a megalomaniac transhumanist corporate CEO like Zuck Schmuckburglar or Gil Bates who's slotting chips into his skull and wants to take over the entire universe. He is utterly spiritually dead like they are, classified as human only because he had a soul at one time. Soulfulness is not tolerated in anyone in that dark future. This is where Silicon Valley wants to take us. This is why science fiction is valuable. It shows us probable futures in a cautionary way so that we can try to avoid the bad ones. Yeah, that really gets into prophecy, which is not the same thing as prediction. People think prophecies like the book of Revelation are predictions, but they're warnings. Prophecies don't always come true, like the book of Jonah in the Bible. Jonah prophesies that the city of Nineveh will be destroyed if they don't clean up their act and is surprised when they actually clean up their act and avoid being destroyed. This is what makes sci-fi so valuable. Which brings us to pure entertainment movies like all the superhero flicks. Yeah, we watch all the Marvel <laughs> superhero movies like X-Men, Spider-Man, Thor, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy and all that. They're not great, but they have good production values. They're entertaining. The violence is tolerable and the heroic thing is positive. Watchmen is especially good, but my favorite is Doctor Strange. From a purely visual angle, it is just so imaginative and colorful and multidimensional. Uh, it does have some dodgy stuff in it about black magic, which turns me off. Again, it's a case of too many demons like the Dread Dormammu, the worst demon you've ever seen in your life. But of course, no angels, just magicians who think they can go up against the worst in the multiverse strictly on their own power and cleverness like Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. But like Twin Peaks, it is very psychedelic and does deal with spiritual realities. 
Our favorite superhero TV series is The Flash. Oh, yeah. It is extremely weird and gets stranger as it goes along, but it is sort of brought down to earth by basic human stuff about relationships. And there are love stories going on in the middle of all the weirdness. And don't you just love those skin-tight leather bodysuits? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a superhero so I can wear a bodysuit like the Flash. <laughs> yeah, Flash can go so fast, he breaks the time barrier, so every time something goes wrong, he goes back in time and starts a new timeline. Abandoning the old one. Nifty trick if you can pull it off. I would have done that several times already for sure. There are so many alternate worlds and multiple versions of the same people in the flash. It is really complicated. But I find it a lot of fun and very entertaining. Of course, all this superhero stuff is very new age. There is no God because we're all gods and goddesses creating our own reality, at least on TV. Now, when conspiracy people point out that Hollywood is run by Chicoms and Satanist pedo cults, and in order to have a career in show business, you have to sell your soul, and that all movies and songs are full of poison pills, lies they're trying to sell you, I say that is largely true, but that is no reason to be a Philistine who hates music and movies and comedy and other entertainment like a lot of them are. There are poison pills in conspiracy podcasts too, even in the Bible, put there by translators and interpreters who have wormed their way in and warped the original message long ago. You have to be able to cut the worm out of the apple, whatever you're eating or reading or watching or listening to. You don't swallow anything whole. You have to be able to think critically but not be closed-minded. That's why we snarkists practice bullshit detection. That is the key to everything. All of these movies and songs and shows have a lot of toxic messages in them and you have to be able to see those and filter them out. But you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. A gifted person who has sold their soul still has their gift and their work comes out of their gift. I find that conspiracy researchers who try to dig up some dirt on some great artist in an attempt to invalidate their work are sleazy slanderers. Who does better work, an entertainer who is able to delight a lot of people or a slanderer who just tries to throw mud on people? Nylog says that I think it is time to wrap this one up. Oh, thank you, Log Lady. Yeah, the old clock on the wall might be running backwards, mm -hmm. but it keeps on ticking. You should all buy our music to keep us going and keep your space helmet screwed on tight. Until next time, we must be warping out now. Bye. 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 Hey, it's my doppelganger. Who are you? I'm Zed. No, I am Zed. Which universe is this anyway? I've lost track by this point. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well.
This is your beamship pilot from a distant planet zone with a message for you nerds and nerdettes sitting home alone. Are you so brainy that the bimbos and the jocks all hate you? Well, we've got sexy aliens who just can't wait to date you. Sorry, nerd. No car, no date. Bye. I wasn't interested anyway. Sure you were. You losers all want me. Then I signed up with Interplanetary Dating Agency. They hooked me up with a beautiful, brilliant Venusian chick who picked me up in her saucer. We visited the rings of Saturn on our first date. Wow! The metaphysics of virtual reality, special topics in calamity physics, and my secret garden. I want to have mind sex with you right now. Yeah, baby! 